1: ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Boy, boy, prohibited by law, AT Plus terms, and conditions, website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
0: From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain.
2: He's got it. Jerry West made it from the other side of the midcourt stripe. strike.
0: To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. And Magic Johnson
2: is on there celebrating. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a
0: time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside, got it! Oh,
2: man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron
0: James! And rings were handed out like candy. one, here's Jordan.
2: Yes! It is all
0: over. have won. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Barry Bouguet, and it
2: starts right now.
0: Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host Garrett Bougay, and with me this week I've got a very special guest. He is a regular on the program. His Twitter handle is at Corbin NBA. He's also the host of the NBA Today pod on the Hootball Network, and that's a hoop dash ball. And his name is Corbin Ford. Corbin, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Garrett. You know I'm a, a- big fan here, and I, I really appreciate another chance to hop on and talk with you. Now, uh, for this episode, we're going to be, uh, you know, given that the NBA is on hiatus right now, and we're, and we're trying to bring people any form, really, of, of entertainment to keep their mind off of things, uh, we're going to be breaking down our uh, top ten Marvel movies, and uh, first off, I gotta I gotta ask you, Corbin, because I saw you had a Facebook post a while back uh, of a uh, of you actually appearing on a on a news channel, and you actually were present for that Marvel movie marathon in cinemas. I wanted to just get uh, get give you a chance to to tell people what that was like. Oh yeah, for sure. So it was um
2: you know in anticipation of uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Harkins and, and several select theaters across the country had held the 22-hour Marvel marathon where they played each uh, marvel movie in sequential order of when it was released uh for 22 straight hours with a half hour break in between so it was really fun uh we, i remember it was a tuesday through thursday and it all com- culminated in the uh avengers uh infinity war and then an hour break and then end game we get to got to see an hour early so it was really fun to kind of go out there i still remember it was like yesterday um, we all were from different, I mean, you had a bunch of friends who were online friends who had played um, video games, and they all said, hey, we're just going to fly out to Arizona and, you know, partake in this experience, and you had myself and others, and it was really cool to just settle in, you know, whether some I brought, like, a little care package like bag um, with, like, clothes to change and shaving and whatnot, um, and they, the movie theater provided us with that, and were very gracious and gave us breakfast and whatnot, Um, And then some people just showed up as they were and was like, okay, we're just going to hunger down for the next three days, which was interesting. But it was fun to really see the Marvel Universe kind of shape from its beginning, ultimately through the end, and all the Easter eggs that you would see, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy pay off in Captain Marvel, or, you know, Iron Man, the many uh, after credit scenes that you knew would have this tremendous finish um, come Endgame. And... It really just made the experience so much more intimate as a Marvel fan, as a comic book fan, uh, just as a fan of the MCU in general. To see how much time and thought this whole Infinity Saga took from its very foundation, you know, over a span of what eleven years, uh, to kind of get to where it was ultimately with Endgame, which was just, I mean, as we all know, amazing. So I enjoyed the experience tremendously. Um, it was, it was fun. It was definitely different, you know, with your normal sleep schedule. Um, and, you know, where are you gonna fall asleep? I was trying to aim for the sequels of the Thor movies. So, <laughs> it was, it's like when will be my time to nap out? Um, so Thor: Dog World definitely. Um, Ant Man was a casualty, but then there was others where like the plan was to fall asleep, but because of you know the the noise and the activeness of the movies, it was just hard to do. You know, you'd be just getting a groove, and then boom, a random explosion or something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then, also, they had the Swiss theaters. um, wanted to just be able to clean the theaters in between each time that we were there. But then we had a time around midnight, I think we were watching um, we were watching The Avengers. Um, so it was that very first day into the second day. And the theater, the, the movie, was, it just kept skipping, wasn't playing. And it was hilarious, because they kept stopping, trying it again, and we cheer, and they do it again, stop. Start, cheer, repeat, repeat, repeat. So we did that for like 45 minutes, and they were like, okay, we're just going to take guys to another theater. And so it was hilarious, but at the end of the day, um, a really exciting experience, one of a kind, um, and something that I'll always remember that was fun.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean... Uh, that I can't imagine myself doing that, let alone, you know, just the, as you were stating, the, the amount of time you have to stay up to uh, that takes multiple days. But uh, the, the diet as well. I, I remember you mentioning uh, in, the, in the Facebook vid that essentially the donuts and coffee was the, the healthy portion of the uh, event. Oh my goodness, yes, thank you, up. I forgot. So, yeah,
2: they gave us like um popcorn vouchers, um I think it was dollar drinks and three dollar popcorns. And the first hour, I mean, I knew I was gonna supposedly gonna eat just off of that, but I was like, yeah, I'm excited, I'm revved up, I'm gonna do it. And then I realized I'm not really a popcorn person to begin with because <laughs> I'm eating this going, yeah, I, I'm, I'm
0: full, but this is like the worst, queasy kind of full. And so, yeah, in the morning, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out, you know, there's a mall nearby. Grab something to
2: eat. They wouldn't let us bring it in, but maybe I'll pick one of our breaks to run down and catch some food. And then we we got up that morning, or we didn't come wake up that morning. We were just kind of up, and they had a spread of you know donuts and juice and yogurt. And I was like, wow, this is a refreshing twist. You know, <laughs> definitely wasn't expecting it, but um, it was something that was definitely um welcome. Let's just say that, and it was surprising too, because you're right, like the diet was was interesting but we had others who i was sitting next to two um <laughs> i guess junior high kids who had just skipped school for two days and they were just bringing in food out of their bags like the entire time um in and out and and and, and stuff i was like how did you even smuggle it in and then like toward the end they were trying to give me some of the food it was very interesting very uh a melting pot of different people and everything but that was one example that i thought was hilarious because i was like wow, they've just bought cinnamon buns at, like, 4 in the morning. Oh, my goodness, they're walking up with Starbucks at 5 in the morning. Like, where'd you guys find the time to leave and get this? And right.
0: also, how'd you get in? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if uh, if anybody listening, uh, you know, is, is questioning either of, uh, well, especially your ability to, to talk about these films, I think uh, your experience there uh, will will quell any doubt.
2: But, uh... <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, it augmented the MCU viewing experience. I will say that maybe you know if they could watch it in, in succession at home or online or anything, but just in general to have that whole back to
0: back to back to back, back, it really is something different, you know. Exactly. It's amazing, um, but different. <laughs> uh, and and for my own experience, I mean, I have seen. All of the films except for the uh, the Incredible Hulk. I have never watched the uh, the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, so my top ten list cannot include that. But I have seen every oth- I have seen every other film, and I've seen them multiple times, and pretty much I, I believe most of them in theaters as well. So, uh, Corbin, why don't you get us started with your list, and let's hear uh, who you have, what movie you have at your number ten slot. All right, so my number ten Marvel movie of all time is Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so we feel um, pretty differently yeah. about this. I'm a lot higher on this movie. Uh, see, I,
2: I, 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 looked at this, and some of this I thought was recency bias, but some of this also was just my enjoyment of it, action wise, like the whole shebang. So I definitely welcome seeing where you place this movie and kind of comparing, you know, back and forth and like where our views may differ here. But um yeah personally it was good. It was just, I couldn't put it over
0: any of the other ones I had. Interesting, yeah. The um the this the the Guardians of the galaxy, and yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to it on my list, but uh, it certainly is one of the more light-hearted, you know, just fun films in in the, you know, whole MCU. And I feel like that's even compared to the fact that, you know, most of these movies are pretty lighthearted, but this one exceptionally so. It's got more of a comedy uh, focus. But, there is plenty of heart in it as well. Oh, for sure. I still remember when um,
2: I, we came out, and I was like, you know, I'm going to watch this Marvel movie, but I wasn't uh, let's just say, like, to Galaxy, so it's really more of an unknown for me and I was like, I don't know if this type of movie's gonna fit you know, it was back in the time when Dabbing Marvel movies was still a thing um, and so I was like, eh, we'll see what's going on it definitely looked intriguing enough Chris Pratt's always great, and it sold me just by, like you said, his humor and his heart um, in ways that other movies didn't have that somehow managed to build action and, and character development, but in a in a way that was major, um,
0: majority comedy, or in a comedic lens Yeah, so, um i'll uh i'll go ahead and and mention my number 10 and uh at number at the 10 spot i have thor ragnarok oh wow okay yeah that was significantly higher on my own list so that is uh that is interesting okay so (laughs) so um yeah the uh i mean it's it's easily the best thor out of the three i think do we agree on that Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Saying a lot and nothing at the same time because of those other ones, right? Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, the director, Taika Waititi, has done, you know, stuff like uh, What We Do in the Shadows and, uh, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People and, and most recently Jojo Rabbit. He's a really talented director. It's, it's one of, if not the funniest movie in, uh, you know, in the MCU uh, yeah, I, I really like it. There are some really fun action scenes. Of course, there's the whole Hulk and, and Thor showdown. Um, I guess just for me, you know, there's there there wasn't quite enough of that emotion, that heart that I like that uh, really puts uh, some of those movies at near the top of my top ten. I get you on that. That definitely is something
2: that, that's true. You're right. I mean, I, I liked... A little bit more of, and I'll, I'll talk about it more when I get to mine in, in that area of ranking. But um, it definitely didn't have as much as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it had more of that sneaky biting humor as well. And like some of the character development, especially with the Hulk, and uh, it, it was it was the Hulk's banter with um with Thor, and where Thor stole that line from uh,
0: the Age of Ultron movie with um Natasha and Bruce. Oh so yes. Real, oh my gosh! I died
2: laughing at that part. Like, you know, that awkwardness, okay, like, this is definitely the thing. The other Avengers are like, oh, it's kind of awkward, but we'll roll with it. And there was, like, a, like a callback to that where it's like, okay, you could tell that Thor had never done that before. But he's like, well, it works for Natasha, so it'll work for me. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and he was, like, you know, gaining
2: that momentum and that power like this, yeah, this is gonna work. As he got closer, and was, like, initiating, you know, the stroking of the hand and whatnot. It was just, oh, man, it was a blast. I love that part, like, symbolic of the movie. But I, I agree, comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy... A notch below for sure, if if you like. But there was so much more on that. Again, I'll talk about it a little on
0: my side. But um, I can run to number nine, which might also be surprising for you. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, so a little overstuffed, but I thought it was satisfying. It's Avengers: Age of Ultron. Okay, so again, we're we're vastly of different opinions on this. This this actually makes my bottom three of all time Marvel movies. Oh my goodness, I.
2: I think I put it up more to the potential that it could have had because I enjoyed it because I was expecting, I was very very uh,
0: high on James Spader's performance as Ultron okay. um, even though there was a lot of Disney call outs that I wasn't exactly a fan of um, that
2: kind of seemed kind of cheesy and there was a lot going on that did materialize well but I thought that the fact that, like how much do you punish the movie for trying to do too much and not really hitting the spots as well in comparison to just trying that much,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and yeah, there uh, there are certainly there are certainly some fun moments. Uh, a moment that I remember fondly is the whole scene where everybody is trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Uh, that yes. <laughs> that is a really fun scene. Um, but uh, you know, some of the stuff that. That I've read in terms of just behind the camera, there was a lot of issues with Josh Whedon, the director, and apparently the, the the Marvel heads, the studio heads. And if if you want to look more into that, there's there's some articles online that you can find. Anyone listening, but uh, you know, it, it, it definitely seemed to come come through in the movie. You know, they're they're just. Um, even just like the the opening scene, you know, there's this swell of music. It's this badass moment where you see all of the characters and they're they're moving back and forth as as far as who's in front of the line. Um, but you know, it just immediately felt like there was something a little bit off.
2: Yeah, it, it was there it was definitely some disjointed signs. And again, I, for me, it was my own personal enjoyment factor because I was able to overlook a lot. And you didn't mention that uh, hammer theme scene. Which again set the stage for the payoff in, um, in uh, Endgame. Yes. So that was why I probably took it a little more high on it. I thought the kind of rush job on Vision was a little much. Uh, I really liked Ultron. I think that uh, Spader gave like the voice he gave was a, a hypnotic type of feel to it, even though it was scary, but coming off almost perfectly calm. Um, but I liked the inclusion of there was I mean you had Scarlet Witch. I thought that was done you had quick I thought that was good you had um, Ulysses Claw. and now that paid off for Black Panther and I mean at the same time it was a lot rushed and a lot of the action was kind of not over the top but really it was stuffed it was stuffed it was a little more Josh Whedon you could sense it with maybe a little lack of direction in there at certain points but I especially was a big fan of the Hulk, bat, of the Hulk Buster fight um, with Iron Man the Hulk and some other scenes that just blew it over the top for me I was like okay you know what I can watch this again and enjoy it just as much. Even the party scene. I mean, I, I would say a big plus was just seeing all the Avengers and everything after a battle. Okay, we're just relaxing and having... You know, it was like some time behind just... Okay, we're in flux and there's so much going on. Let's take a moment behind the scenes. You had moments like that there. You had another quiet moment where they all were at um, Hawkeye's uh, house and another a spot there where they were kind of um, more character development, but also like the calm before the storm that I really liked having those shadow moments that weren't really a thing um before you know, before this one. Mind you it was only just Avengers after it, but there wasn't also that much afterwards either.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, the the that whole scene that sets up the, the moment in endgame. There's also obviously some characters introduced in in, in uh, that one as well. And you know, even though I did mention that it's in my bottom three the uh, really, it's Thor two in a bottom tier by itself, and then there's a, the, the, the next two, so it's not like by far the worst um, in, in my mind. But yeah, there there are definitely some redeeming qualities to it. But yeah, would you like to hear what I have at number nine? Yes, let's get it. So, uh, at, at my number nine is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two. Oh. <laughs> this is they were one that was more of my, my bottom three personal Interesting. So let me, I, yeah, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear uh, number nine. That's that's a good ranking. Okay. Okay, so my case for it uh is basically for the movie after the first fifteen minutes. Because I think the first fifteen minutes is pretty terrible. <laughs> I, that was my thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad jokes. I think there's several fart jokes that take place in the first fifteen minutes. It's a really bad opening couple of scenes i I'm not going to defend that in any way whatsoever. Um, but once the movie like actually starts to get into things, it starts to find itself. the humor starts to work, I think, towards the middle and end of the film. And also, you know the whole first movie, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you know, was all about, uh, Star-Lord's mother, right? And this second movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it does a really nice job of, you know, showing the, the father side of things. And you think it's all about, uh, you think it's all about Kurt Russell, but then, you know, the movie flips things on its head and actually shows you that, no, that wasn't uh, Chris Pratt's father all along, and despite a contentious relationship with, you know, his, um, you know, uh, basically foster father, there was a really touching and um, you know beautiful relationship that that developed over the course of that movie that was was surprising and heartfelt. I, I, I will agree that they nail the heart response
2: on all of it. I, I think that you always have these movies and they they build up. The, not only just the character development, but just the themes that they're wanting—the family, um, what is a a, a family in, in this type of you know outcast way? But in ways that are done a little differently, um, having, like you said, that relationship with Peter Quill and his father, you know, and and uh Rooker and all them—it was it was, it was one that for me I, I I appreciate it, but I guess I just I don't know. I thought that some of it was just uh, um not as much fun. It, it still had like a nice pop to it, but like everything that the first movie brought, it brought a little less to me for volume 2. You know, it was, like you said, the jokes at the beginning really threw me off, because I was like, wow, the humor in the first one
1: was clever and funny. And this one is like, it could have been a Spongebob episode at first, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, that not, not for me, but also I
2: judged my comedy skill a little bit worse. I mean, this if it's something that I really thought was a lot funnier, in an action movie, I do at least it means a lot more to me, where if, it's, if it doesn't hit correctly, then it drops a little farther for me. So I think that was why. Um, I think I had the same kind of overstuffed a lot going on that my previous movie, Eventually Age Ultra did. Maybe it was more within itself, which was good. Um, but for me, I just did, I, I didn't like the villain too much, and the middle portion of the film, I thought, was rather slow and just kind of going along. And it, it, it did better than other Marvel sequels, in my opinion, just because it kind of stuck more to the success that it had for the first one but it went different enough in what it did it was trying to go different enough but the way that it went different just threw me off like i said the humor in that first 15 20 was just it really threw me off and then when ego was introduced it had the curse of the backstory that i had to kind of get to that i wasn't a fan of because then you have to like film the space the spaces and then when you have to um talk about his desire for a larger universe it kind of sputtered to me because now we're like we're not backtracking but we kinda are but in a way that okay not only are we backtracking for uh, quill, but we're also setting the stage for ego and how does that all kinda come in? I, I just thought that the fizz of the original was lost just a touch for me. Um in in such that I'm like, okay, I can kinda move on past this.
0: Yeah, I um you know, I I can't really disagree with a lot of your points, um, uh, and, and again I think uh, a lot of it might just come down to whether or not you can forgive the movie for its first 15 or 20 minutes. And I totally understand anyone that can watch that and say, okay, you're O for 18 on jokes so far. I've given up on your humor for the rest of the film. Uh, but, but I genuinely think the movie has some, some pretty good bits, of uh, you know, again, if you can look past that opening sequence, but, but yeah, I, I, agree that the villain, uh, you know, isn't, isn't terribly strong, and yeah, it does feel a bit like a watered down version of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, but I think a part of this also is that I'm a lot higher on the first movie than you are, so that makes it, just in essence, me a little bit higher on number two. Oh, uh, I get, see, and again, that's, again,
2: it's, steered uh, mainly toward taste, so, that kind of direction kind of further influenced our decision which I like. I like this kind of back and forth. So
0: I can run to mine, which might be surprising. Yeah, you're number eight, right? My number eight, yes sir. Let's um, hear it.
2: Captain America the first adventure.
0: Okay. I, I I don't hate that. Uh, it did that did not make my top ten, but I did rewatch that pretty recently and yeah, it's um you know it it's a pretty solid film. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about. I said, you know what, number
2: eight, it's solid Talk about a movie with heart. I really, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed Chris Evans' performance, specifically before he became the Super Soldier. That was awesome. But Tommy Lee Jones was funny. Uh, The chemistry between Evans and uh, Haley Atwell was great. I thought Uh, Hugo Weaving played a very good Red Skull. Uh, And I think that the story was—it was just really good. It had this earnest type of old-school feel. You know, it it was—it was—it was a charming type of film. And. For a, a movie that kind of set, it didn't really set the basis of the Marvel Universe that was really Iron Man but just to have one that I mean it's Captain America for goodness sakes and we all know you know he's kind of quintessential Marvel uh, hero at least until you know the past 10-15 years I'd say but that whole story setting in Brooklyn having it the way that it was done I really really enjoyed it and especially you know when he did become Captain America and he's going through all these um like successful campaigns and he's like I think they were showing uh uh, there was one scene where Peggy Carter was watching in the theaters and
0: he was yeah he becomes like the he becomes like the military's poster boy <laughs>
2: exactly and it was really cool that he kept that down home type of innocence to him and that one scene where they look in the theaters and he was looking at um, what was he looking at he was looking at the um he was looking at this map where his like pocket watch like showed away and I had a picture of uh, Peggy Carter in it and I guess he noticed like that thing might be being watched and so he closed it really quick and looked away and it was like Cute and funny at the same time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I
2: loved that. I was yeah,
0: it was just a really solid movie. Yeah, um, I I do think like there are there are a couple movies that I feel this way about, as we'll get to later on the list, but I do feel like the first two thirds of the movie is really great and the last third is you know, kind of dwindles out a little bit, if you ask me, but um, you know, I, I think if the last act was as good as the first two thirds it would be probably close to my top five um but yeah that that last act and as much as i love hugo weaving um they didn't really give his character much to do to be honest uh he um he certainly is uh you know is is terrific in everything i've seen him in and he he plays up the caricature of that uh, of the red skull but uh, yeah they, they didn't give him a lot to do and yeah it kind of um uh, yeah that movie kind of hits its height probably right around those parts where he's you know that poster boy in in the middle. That is true. The- totally fine with that. Honestly, that would probably be in, like, the 11 to 13 range for me, so I've got no real complaints on that one. Uh, Uh, So, so, uh, so my number 8, and and maybe this will come as a surprise to you, I'm not sure, but uh, I've got the original Avengers. Okay, you said, wait, for number 8? Yes. I'm looking at mine right now just to make sure I didn't, oh, okay, we're we're getting close, we're kind of close there. Okay, so, um. Not too far, not too far, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, it's, like you said, I would I would probably describe that as about a, a B plus movie. It's really solid across the board. It's got some good comedic moments. I love the the, the bit when when Hulk is is smashing Loki. That is uh, absolutely oh, hilarious. Yes. <laughs> that was hilarious. Man. Yes, uh, the you know and yeah, there's obviously that iconic uh, scene with the the camera doing the circle around all of the Avengers uh, Avengers assembling essentially. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of real hype moments in that movie. My, uh, my biggest issue, you know, having rewatched it a couple of times, is that, you know, it, it takes a little while to, to get going, and, and obviously a lot of these movies, uh, their runtimes go in the, the two to two and a half, or even for, uh, for Endgame, the three-hour territory. Um, this one, uh, a bit, at least in the first half, you, you get a sense of like, okay, this is taking a bit. Yeah, no,
2: I, 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 it is. It took a long time to develop. I will say, I thought that some of that, and I guess I'll kind of touch on it again with mine, was a little necessary just because you were not building the backstory for anything, but you have to bring them all together. You have to go through the growing pains, and you have to do an amount of time where they can have that sense of loss, which had to happen. You know, if Phil ended up being the the casualty there, but having to have that, what is going to be that. Kind of trend, not set, trend I'm not using the right word. What's going to be that landmark event that brings them all together, um, and, and sets them to say, okay, aside from hey, the world is possibly ending, right. come together? <laughs> you know, you always need to have that personal sense of loss, that, that
0: extra pathos, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and you know, they they do a, all of the Avengers movies. I think do just a, a tremendous job of. Bringing, bringing you the the moments that you're looking for between characters that you haven't seen share the screen together. They do a tremendous job, and, and the original Avengers is no exception.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, you said it. It was one of those, again, where you can grade it on a scale because of it being an intro movie of sorts, or at the same time go, hey, listen, you know, you're bringing this together of, of, of great importance, all these guys, like, let's let's make this real, you know,
0: like, let's... Like, this is, what, this is kind of what you need to do. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, okay, so we've got we've both gotten through uh, 10 through 8. Let's hear what you have at uh, number 7. All right, so number 7 for me is Iron Man. Okay, so I'm a little <laughs> bit higher on the original Iron Man, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, okay, so I thought it aged differently. I, I definitely grew on the curve of 2008 being the case. <laughs> and the flip phone scenes. No, I'm kidding. That's not like I like the
2: a lot higher to the Avengers films and uh, another Captain America film. So it was more of the case that Iron Man was kind of a crapshoot with the other movies I have here, at least from 7 through, I'd say, about 3. Okay. Uh, except for, he could have been anywhere. But just because of where I placed my movies in, enjoyability, making that a thing, um, I put it 7. Again, another great movie. Um, I loved Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it watching it again. Um, The Iron Monger to me was an interesting choice um i guess of a first villain but then i guess looking back it, like you couldn't have done like the mandarin or anything well you kind of done it the way that they did it um, anyways you, um, <laughs> you, it was it was a good one i just felt that they could have been a little, a little bit more on that you know rather than it was it was the first movie where you pl- play the whole okay we're gonna do a doppelganger of myself both philosophically um philosophically idealistically and straight down to the armor where you're fighting another version of yourself. I thought that was a little anticlimactic uh, for my tastes. Yeah. But I enjoyed the scene. I thought that him being um, abducted in the cave was great. I thought that it had a lot of humor. The music was great. Um, I wasn't... I really, really enjoyed uh, the original War Machine. I'm sorry, I'm one of those guys. Don has done an amazing job since then. Like, I don't think there was a problem, but I was really looking forward to the chemistry um, continuing in the future ones between um robert downey jr and terrence howard uh, no even though we all know the contract dispute and everything how that ended out the way it did but um that's me aged kind of well um the armor all of that the original scenes it was just really really solid but um for me it wasn't anything against iron man that put it seventh it was just the fact that i loved the movies ahead of it a little bit more although now that i'm talking
0: i might have swapped that for number six really quickly just thinking about it. <laughs> what do you think? What are your thoughts there? Um, I mean, the the biggest thing about Iron Man to me is, and you brought it up a little bit, is you know his his being captured and that whole situation of him like you know figuring out how to escape. I think that all is incredible. If you talk about like that forty five minutes to an hour, that's some that's maybe like you know one of the best hours in the entire MCU. I I do agree with you completely about the, the villain and, and even again I think it suffers similar to what I was saying about the uh, you know the original Captain America where the last act is a little bit disappointing given what you've seen prior to that moment, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah that opening hour is just so terrific. It really is. It was. I would say I couldn't
2: even if we were going to do something so minute as comparing the best opening hours of Marvel movies, it would be top
0: five top three maybe even the the best right there easy yep yeah agreed um so i will uh i will give you my uh my number seven and that is avengers endgame okay all right i'm guessing you have that quite a bit higher significantly higher yes i do but
2: I represent a, a segment of Marvel fans. That I, I enjoy having a discourse with. I want to know first, why do you have uh, Endgame solely? Like, although I've heard some similar arguments about it, but like you are someone who, as a movie fan, just in general, is a little more sophisticated than just saying, "Oh, you know, recently biased past and whatever the case may be." So, so why is it? Um, why is that
0: there for you? I'd like to know. I mean, to be honest. I'm pretty high on a lot of the the MCU films, so again, just having it at number seven, I don't really look at as you know some sort of a criticism. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed Avengers Endgame, and you know, I think a lot of the uh, you know, as I was uh, leaving the theater when I saw it, there were quite a few people in the crowd that were saying like, "Oh, that first hour was so boring." You know, I I didn't feel that way at all. I actually really loved how they were able to basically make that movie into three different parts. You could almost say it was like three episodes. The first part was, um, you know, kind of the, the aftermath of Infinity War, and it's very, you know, dark and sad, and, and everyone's trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, and then that whole middle segment is, is really fun. It's, you know, kind of like a, a heist situation where they all go to different areas in different times, um, and, and then you have the the typical Marvel conclusion that final third being the the team up and the big battle um, you know I, I really liked it I, I guess um, some of my some of my complaints would be that again given just how many uh, how many characters they're dealing with at this point that uh, it it did struggle a little bit in my mind to, to give every character enough screen time, even when you're talking about three hours. Um, True. But, True. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't have any, like, you know, big-time complaints about the movie. I really liked it. It's just, I, I guess my top six is, is really darn good. There
2: you go. And, and that's, there's no fault. I was just curious to see that because I agree, it was a lot... It's crazy to think that three hours may not still be enough time to
0: get as much story in as they had to weave you know right. Uh, I, I yeah. will say one of my uh-huh. one of my um, you know now it's coming back to me one of my big complaints was the whole fat Thor and how um, yeah. that yeah, that, was, uh-huh. that stuff uh, all those jokes just uh, you know fell flat to me and um, it didn't really pay off in any meaningful way in terms of uh, his character. So that stuff, to me, was was, uh, was one of the things that dragged it down a bit. I, you
2: know what, I get that. I, I will say one thing, just not even a pushback on that, one thing I did like about the fat door payoff is that it didn't go the way that I was thinking it would go, which would have been worse for me, which is the whole, um, you know, he's fat, he's having all these issues, you know, a PTSD, all of that, and then he finds his confidence again, he becomes the same old, you know, physically fit God that he is in that way. Like, you know, he can also come through with his actual, um, what is it, he can go through his actual journey, like understanding himself and kind of, um, gaining that confidence again, knowing that he's still, yes, in fact, worthy, without having to have that manifest itself in a physical change, which I think would have been more, um, a negative um, indictment on just his physical and mental state you know what i mean like yes the jokes itself weren't super funny i, I mean only the one i really enjoyed was um i think it was uh
1: the war War machine's cheese joke just because i thought it was just totally random and funny but like, oh yeah aside from that i wasn't a fan of either
2: and aside from the first like shock value moment of just seeing it it wasn't it wasn't great at all to me but i was very glad I'm like please don't make it so that he finds it like, still worthy and then like a flash of lightning happens and all of a sudden he's the the same door that we've always known because then that would in my mind have been a negative indictment on just physical fitness in terms of mental health and no, okay i'm better now yes i'm still whatever i am because this is where i am but mentally i am this and this. it's two totally separate things from that you know what i mean they're, they're making, being out of shape as as bad and wrong in the sign that something's wrong
0: and being you know unrealistically just great is a sign of okay everything's fine and we're back to normal you know yeah, I mean, my my biggest thing is I don't even mind the the idea of okay, this guy obviously um, you know feels horrible about the events that happened in in Infinity War and goes into a depression and sometimes depression leads to eating and you know gaining weight. That stuff is is real. My biggest issue was just how they portrayed that instead of you know, taking that and looking at that in a serious way. They focused mostly on humor, which was, you know, the, the biggest problem I had with it. But yeah, I mean, again, I, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the movie and and the 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 challenge of especially Infinity War and Endgame with all of those characters. I mean I'm I'm complaining about them maybe not giving enough characters time to breathe. But I will say that they, they did about as good of a job as to be expected in terms of, of giving characters at least one moment, one funny uh, you know, joke, or a, a fun exchange. They at least gave uh, you know, um, each character a, a chance to shine, even if it was for a short period of time. I agree, that's true. And that's something that if
2: they had somehow managed to fail in that, definitely would have been more of a negative uh, knock on me, because you're right, there wasn't enough time to give everyone that proper shout-out. There's still a lot of holes and questions, you know, on our a, a second, third, this would be like my eighth watchback, that arise. But looking at it just in entirety, I, I I, definitely thought the payoff was great, and you're right, like the fact they were able to give time to give a shout-out to this expansive cast of characters,
0: and each one get their moment, no matter how big or small, immensely gratifying alright so Corbin let's hear uh, what you have at uh, number 6 alright so number 6 for me uh, I have the Avengers um, ok uh, yeah this is
2: where I mean this is where it, I mean it was heavily skewed on my taste but I thought the fact that it didn't get in, it was for it's time the rewatchability is great in my opinion and the fact that yes it had a slow moments, it definitely went out to develop there Um, but you put each one, their own individual, except for, I think, Black Widow at the time and Hawkeye. Their own individual-like movie or whatever. You kind of built that up. You had their own motivations and backstory and everything. And then you put them together in this one that pays off so well. And you had the Thor and Iron Man fight. You had Iron Man first come on the scene when Captain America was taking out Loki. You had the argument scene, which I loved so well, where they were all upset and, and angry and cornering each other. And meanwhile, Loki is locked away and is feeding into his plan. And you had that final climatic scene and the several shots where panned all of them together. I mean these are just ones that are coming off the top of my head. You know, even uh, uh Iron Man with the Shamarma comments later. You know, it was just really, <laughs> really solid. You had Iron Man with the the new I forgot the mark five whatever um the whether uh, suit of armor it
0: was, but when he got thrown out the window and it was the first one that like coded to him, you know? Yes. It was all these moments where they're okay you're saying the same for
2: future movies. Seamlessly while also putting together this Cornucopia of characters and and issues and, and motivations and everything that can not only fit into this movie but will also spawn off sequels of the Avengers, sequels of their own individual movies. We saw how this impacted Iron Man and his sequel, Thor and his sequel. You know, and looking back on it, then how smooth it was. you at those parts that that lagged a little bit, maybe looking at being as great a villain as it was for that first time. Which even I've actually, um, not even sour, I've gotten better as far as accepting that. Hey for the first time it was okay they were kind of out of their element they weren't used to working together Um, I think it was just as a movie on it's own but also within the better um, ensemble that the Infinity Saga has become
0: yeah, and it's amazing to, to look back on that movie now given, you know, the, the hype and, and the, the fact that uh, Avengers Endgame broke the the box office record. I mean I, I still remember going and seeing the original Avengers movies in theater and it was a very exciting event and but even still I don't think like again given that they're they hadn't built this kind of track record that they have now. You know, my expectations weren't incredibly high, so when I first saw that, I'm like, "Wow, this is really impressive what they're able to do." Uh, you know, um, with uh, with this sort of formula, and and yeah, you know, Loki isn't the greatest villain of all time, but I, I think he's you know probably uh, at least okay given there's been some some pretty poor villains over the years in the in the Marvel movies. Uh. Very true. Oh my goodness. If we did the top ten worst yeah. to But yeah, I mean the uh the, the movie accomplished everything that it needed to to allow the building of this uh, of this franchise and this collection of what, twenty three or twenty-four movies that we have now. Right, exactly. No, that's seriously it, yes. Um, so we'll move on now to, to my number uh, to my number six. And uh, I'll, I'll be surprised to hear your thoughts on this one. Maybe this isn't even in your top ten. Uh, I've got Spider-Man Homecoming. Whoa! No,
2: it is not. Please <laughs> tell me. Because um, I wasn't actually a fan of any of... I, no, actually, this last Spider-Man movie, I, I so I guess that, that does make sense. I guess that is this. But I wasn't enough to sway any
0: of my other movies. But please, like why is this okay okay so when you talk about villains i think michael keaton is arguably the best villain out of any of the mcu movies yeah yeah i would put him up there in the top five that scene with him uh driving uh you know uh (laughs) driving the the prom dates to to the dance uh, that scene is so incredibly tense um, the underlying menace. Yes, uh, the, the whole scene where, uh, you know, he's trying to get um, and, and uh, steal stuff from the Avengers plane, and uh, Spider-Man has to go and try to stop him. That sequence is really fantastic. The humor is great. I love Martin Starr as the teacher, Mr. Harrington. Uh, he has a lot of really funny moments in it. Uh, even the scene with uh, Donald Glover, who shows up momentarily and... Uh, um, <laughs> and, so a great shout out to that. yes and, and peter um sticks his hand to the car and and he says uh, that'll that'll dissolve in two hours he's like no dude i've got ice cream in the truck <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. there there are so many really funny scenes i i think the the whole relationship with uh with tony stark and peter is incredibly well done that whole Mentor mentee thing that they've got going they do a really good job of uh, um, I, I was a little bit disappointed that they they rehashed all of the same jokes of the whole um, Aunt May being hot but I thought it was really funny in the first movie
2: yeah the first movie it wasn't I mean it was kind of what everyone else was thinking so I like think they kind of fed into um, audience uh, participation in that weird way I wasn't too hot I liked the relationship between Iron Man and Spider-Man I thought it was laid on just a little bit too much from I mean, his own movie you know I mean? Like, having that as a guy, a guy in principle was fine, they only went into that even more a little later, which uh, at that point made sense to me. I wouldn't have been, had a problem if that was the way they did it for the second movie, and the first movie was just him branching on, being on his own, but that wasn't what happened, so for me, it was a little bit of a knock on that, but I agree with you. It was, it was a really solid movie, and you're right. Having that uh, Michael Keaton type of, like, underlying menace as the vulture was very, very solid. It was very, very good, and you named some great
0: scenes that were Hilarious. And you know the the relationship with Peter and his his best friend Ned, I think is is really cute uh-huh. and uh, and sweet and and you know I think it does a bet these Spider-Man movies do a better job than even the Sam Raimi ones of for one actually making you believe these kids are in high school because they're not like twenty eight year old actors. <laughs> yeah, that, that but uh, also yeah just that high school atmosphere I think they actually nailed that a lot better than, than a lot of movies that are going for that high school aesthetic can
2: oh yeah no and you're right and it's something that appeals more when you can actually kind of suspend you're already suspending realism when you watch movies like this but when you're putting it further aside to go oh yeah you know I'm pushing 30 Andrew Garfield did a little slightly better than um <laughs> took McGuire, but not as much and saying
0: oh yeah I'm in high school or going to college or whatever it's like Okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, again, I don't think it's um, – I, I I wouldn't put it anywhere near any of my top five. I think there's definitely a um, – there's definitely – if we were doing this in tiers, that my top five uh, is, you know, a, a higher tier than even that number six. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's it's pretty solid. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm anxious to hear your first entry into your top five. Alright, so build the suspense a little bit. Uh, This may not count for the
2: Marvel Universe, but um, I'm going with Venom. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Alright, Thor Ragnarok for me. Okay.
0: I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Not 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 mad. I appreciate that. It was, I I just watched
2: it uh, while we were in lockdown at my job um, on Friday, so that was kind of funny. But also, um, the humor... I thought was really good, and not just forced, because Thor, I mean, the one thing about these Thor movies, they always try to put that humor in, but a lot of it felt, felt forced, where this felt natural in so many different ways. Um, Obviously, you have the We Are Friends from work scene with Thor and Hulk, you had where Hulk was coming out of the, um, out of the pool, where he was, <laughs> where he hadn't had any clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get that in my head. <laughs> and then, like, Hulk's personality, where he's like, um... Banner's gone, I'm I'm here and he was tricking Thor to try to escape and to get electrocuted. <laughs> it was so many scenes with that That were just amazing. Or even the one where um Tessa Thompson's character and Bruce Banner was like, You wanna know who I really am or whatever? He's like, I'm on the show and he jumps out the bridge, like,
0: into the bridge and like lands like a white fish <laughs> <laughs> Like, those scenes were hilarious to me. Um,
2: I mean even the chemistry between Loki and um Thor throughout it where Loki basically would he had he had banished his father at the opening scene, was dressing as his father, and had the whole community come together to do a play of his fake death to show how heroic he was. <laughs> and it was it was so many like shit doubts that I thought were hilarious, or the humor really paid off. And who could forget Cork? We're gonna we're gonna start a
0: Like Cork <laughs> like, was Yeah, voiced was- by Taiko Watiti, the director. See, I have not seen the, the, the boys, but I, I do I do love me some Carl Urban. I gotta bring back your your comment about Korg. Like, yeah, to me he was the funniest part of the movie. Every line Korg had was was making me crack up. Um, oh and, yes. and, and Jeff Goldblum. You gotta you gotta mention Jeff Goldblum too. I mean, his uh, weird eccentricities were perfect for this movie. Yeah, oh, I don't like the S word. Oh, the Prisoners of Jobs. Yes, so much
2: better. <laughs> <laughs> like that line. Like you know, it was just it was a lot of cool funny little stuff that was hidden. And I also gave it a little extra um, a little extra love personally because the first Thor movie sucked to me so bad that you not only have one that was enjoyable to me. I mean, Thor 1 had his moments, and I guess, you no, know, Thor Dark World would never have his moments to me. Um, <laughs> I made fun of that again in Endgame. But for me, it was like, not only did you have a movie that I watched, but that I willingly rewatched. Like, I owned Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Now, partly I own it my library was kind of, you know, we had extra movies. But at the same time, it was just the fact that. Yes, I want to take this home. This was a movie that I could definitely see on my shelves. That, to me, got some rewatchability,
0: and that's why it really cracked my top five. Yeah, again, I, I got no complaints about that. That's, uh, that's a good selection. So for my number five, I have... Okay. Uh, I've got Black Panther. Okay, surprisingly close to, Okay, solid, solid. You can't, you can't go wrong with it, in my opinion. I mean, looking back, there's been some things i Let me hear, let me hear. I can't talk, let me hear. Well, I mean, so kill, I mean, speaking of great villains, you know, I mentioned Michael Keaton with, uh, you know, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Killmonger in this is absolutely, absolutely terrific. Um, you know, his, it, it it does such a great job of, you know, when you not only can understand where the villain is coming from, but you can also sympathize with them. Uh, it, uh, I mean, that is something that few movies can do with, you know, your essentially your antagonist. Um uh it's it's uh it's it's excellent. I mean the the action scenes, especially in the early going, there's that scene in the I don't even know what you call it, like kind of a, a restaurant with multiple stories on it. And, um that whole car chase sequence where the um Black Panther's sister is operating the car manually from you know Yeah, from the office. Right. Uh yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um even the uh, I'm blanking on the, the guy's name, Killmonger kills him pretty early on in the movie. Uh, um, oh, you lost his Yes. Uh, he it was also really excellent. You know, he was only in the movie for about thirty-five minutes, but he was incredibly captivating. No, he really was. You
2: said it. It was he definitely was, and um, it was in, it was even it was
0: it was the way that he put in more of the humor that Killmonger did not bring. You know, it was like a clash. Yes. I enjoy that immensely. I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. And performed by Andy Serkis, who is an an excellent actor. He uh, he's the guy that uh, does the motion capture for all of the Planet of the Apes movies, and uh, as uh, um, in, in the Lord of the Rings films as well. Um, so Andy Serkis an excellent excellent actor. But yeah, Black Panther really good. I think it does suffer similar to. Um, you know, a movie like Iron Man, a movie like Captain America, where the last uh, third of the movie, you know, after Killmonger dies, um, it kind of takes a hit, uh, and you know that you've got that whole just like big fight sequence where you've got people riding rhinos, and it's just kind of like, okay, can this movie end now?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. That that last third of it was was not was not great. Once you had. Um Killmonger's position and the takeover, great. And after that, I was like, okay, we, we did so well building up this movie, we don't really know how to end it. It kind of went to, like, a crash stop. I liken it to, like, being on a bike, going down a hill, and, like, you save yourself from, like, you know, taking major injuries you hit the wall, but it's still not... It's still not great. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like, ooh, that was a close one. Like, it ends enough that it doesn't sour my whole taste on the movie, as, as it did with you, because both are top fives. But, like, yeah, it was just bad. It was just bad. The rhinos, the, 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 the war that was just kind of needlessly there especially when they were technically being taken over by Killmonger so then the thought process being that when Killmonger faced the attack from the Black Panther them you go back with your king and the war's over and if there's was one tribe that has an issue like it wouldn't have been that the stakes weren't there the stakes weren't really there um, the Golden Jaguar costume and I love the Golden Jaguar character in Black Panther wasn't well, fully explored enough for me and then just as soon as it came it was gone um, and that's another thing with the villain as good as that and I really hate that Marvel does this, but you have these great villains. And, I mean, it's good thing Spider-Man, they did not, and it looks like he'll be around again. Um, but they're really just one-offs. Like, the great, most compelling villains are the ones that have to be gone by the end of the movie.
0: Exactly. Uh, and, and, yeah, that's that's a bit unfortunate. And, and even the ones, you know, I think, um, going back to, to Endgame, a big issue, another issue I had with that is, you know, you talk about Thanos and how much of an intimidating presence and how unstoppable he was in Infinity War. You know, obviously he was still very strong and very difficult to stop in Endgame, but, you know, you were you were getting an inferior version of him in that movie, uh, which, you know, kind of dulled its effect. Yeah,
2: exactly. It really had uh, str- extreme clashes, or extreme shades of Iron Man with the whole fighting, my opposite, if you will. Um, but a lesser version of that, even though, like, look at the two, you know, it was kind of, the whole fight's kind of brief, and I guess so much of the first fight been builds up where they were fighting for the right to the crown, the second one didn't have all that, but I also didn't like the fact that they used, like the way the trains were used. It was, just, it was just, the ending was not my favorite, but
0: the rest of it was so strong to me that I couldn't help but keep it up there. Absolutely, and you know, for a movie, again, a lot of these movies, I think... You know, you've heard your Martin Scorseses, your Ethan Hawks basically say, you know, this isn't real cinema, these MCU films. But, you know, you watch Black Panther and it's going for, you know, it's a lot deeper movie than you would expect of a comic book movie. You know, there's a lot of interesting themes and metaphors going on throughout. So, so absolutely, I agree with you that even if, the, you know, The Last Third isn't that great, um, the, the the first half to two thirds of the movie propels it up uh, to to a pretty high mark on my list and and I'm sure yours as well. So let's hear what you have at uh, at number four. Well, I mean, we're just continuing the discussion because Black Panther was now at number four. Okay, <laughs> was there anything else um, you wanted like, to add yeah. on this? Um, you know what? We kind of covered it pretty thoroughly, but yeah, just the fact that
2: it's like you already had the cultural significance of having a mostly black cast. You had. Um, The scenery, it was just, it was so much of the ancillary pieces of the movie, not to mention the main meat of it was so good that I couldn't hold it against. You know what I mean? Like, I've watched that movie several times, and each time I was like, wow, like, the parts I loved, I still love, and the parts I hated, they're still trash, but like, it was a very, very solid movie, Um, and and I say that, there's a solid for my, like, last five, and there's a solid for my top five, and this one is that. So I'm just, I
0: really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and we, we should mention as well, director Ryan Coogler on, on Black Panther did a terrific job. He, of course, uh, worked on Creed and also Fruitvale Station. Very, very talented young director. But, uh, yeah, Black Panther, an excellent film. So, my number four, again, another movie we've talked about. So, I believe at least two of our final three are going to be the same. Uh, but okay. but my number four is Iron Man. Okay. And, and,
2: okay, I, I, I'm all with that. You want to add a little more on to... I mean, you talked a little bit about it we were talking about it earlier, but why it's uh, that, that high, obviously, which just being one of the, the, the
0: landmark films of the MCU. I mean, yes, and, you know, I think Robert Downey Jr.'s performance was excellent, and this was also kind of a, um, you know, for him at least, it was, um, you know, a bit of a comeback in his career. Uh, of course, he dealt with some, some drug issues in his personal life, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, as far as casting Tony Stark, I don't think they could do any better than RDJ he no,
2: he's the quintessential Iron Man. He's always going to be the person that you think of when you see it, no matter, I mean, for, for good reason, but always. So I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. And it, it only gets better with age. Seeing his performances the entire time, i that emotional depth that he was able to add throughout the
0: movie, but still keeping his core personality, yeah, amazing. Alright, so Corbin, we're down to our final three now. What do you have at uh, at the number three spot? Alright, so my uh, and this could be interesting. It's a Fendi War. Uh, that's my number three as well. Wow! There we go. You said we we're gonna get some of the same. Here it is. So,
2: I mean, just I'll just touch some brief, like bullet points I had. Um, for one, the tone of the movie being drastically different from the onset of the film, where you knew, oh, it's not like any of the other ones before.
0: Absolutely. Um, just from that
2: harrowing intro, you
0: know? Yes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It is. Um... It, it sets a tone right away that you're like oh oh shit this something's gonna happen here <laughs> and uh, this exactly. is this is something that these characters have to deal with it it set a stage uh, you know so well when you know and and I think uh, the the real great part about it was they basically said all right uh, I think everyone's just gonna say well uh, like as strong as Thanos is they can just throw Hulk at him right and the movie <laughs> yeah. immediately says well here's that question answered for you. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, it. Uh, I, I completely agree. That tone that it set was perfect. And, uh, I mean, uh, if, if you want to talk about more of the, the middle chunk, we can. But uh, also just that ending as well being so different uh, from, from what you would typically expect is also, uh, you know, in my mind, a, a huge positive. Oh, no, most definitely. And not only was it that, it was just the
2: fact that you're right. You had this set of... It was, it was theme. I think theme was a big part of all of it. A the theme or tone. You had that tone in the beginning that was like, whoa. When they went to Wakanda, when they were checking in on Vision and Scarlet Witch, each one had its own tone to it as well. You know, when you heard the music in, you're like, okay, cool, Wakanda. Like, there's a sign of hope. And then you had that transition where each side where you had, you know, on Titan is one end of the uh, uh, some ensemble um, ensemble of heroes gathered together. And then Wakanda, the other, on two different fronts. You've already built the villains up, so you feel that dread and you know in the very beginning literally anything could happen like hold up like this is not like anything we've seen there's not really any comebacks to it because this is is Thanos here and they really did a great job building that and you said each character I felt had that they had that you could go back and like laugh and go this was their moment you know Captain America arriving on the scene to help Captain America uh, Falcon and um, Black Widow arriving on the scene to to help um, to help Vision and Scarlet Witch will always be my favorite, especially with that new suit he had, that was basically all blacked out, you know? And it was just like the bearded America. It was, it was good. It was solid. It was the first time we've seen them since Winter Soldier, I mean, since Civil War and what happened there. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and then you had, um, oh, just the massive fight scene in general. But I also like the one about um, uh, the cat, uh, Black Panther talking about, well, it was Black Panther and, I'm forgetting her name, but they are talking about the Starbucks. Uh, and I thought that was hilarious. Like they don't even. We could maybe at least have a Starbucks or something. <laughs> and then the other part where um War Machine came around with um with uh Bruce Banner and was like, oh um you know wow he's a king like like of course. And then. When he went to do that, and the was like, well, "We don't do that yet And then, of course, like, Robert says, "Like, yeah, Dal. No. Like, what were you thinking?" It
0: was hilarious. Yeah, there are so many great little little funny moments. And again, given what we talked about, the this tone, this dark tone that they set from the outset, it's really important that they, you know, they still inject that typical Marvel humor in throughout. And and a lot of the jokes landed. And you know, again, speaking to the villain. Uh, talking about some of the best villains of the MCU, we can't not discuss Thanos. Um, Thanos, uh, you know, such an intimidating figure. And, you know, uh, you know, I talked about with, uh, with Killmonger and how you kind of sympathized. You don't necessarily sympathize with Thanos, but you at least understand where he's coming from or at least what his mindset is. And it, it makes sense from his perspective. I was going to say the motivations are at least clear That you go, oh, interesting yeah, exactly um, but yeah, and then, you know, obviously again, going back to, to the very end with that snap of the finger, it's such just like, a, you know you're you know, I audibly gasped when that happened and uh, it's just one of those moments that uh, I, will, I will not soon forget and, and yes, yeah, seeing, seeing the crowd leave the theater just in stunned silence was, was quite the experience Oh, yeah, I'll never
2: forget it. We were just walking out literally dazed. And I was like, I have to wait a whole other, what? No, <laughs> yeah. end credits, no end credits, it seemed like, what? It was, you're right, that alone, yeah, yeah, you said it, man. You said it. It Really, I had the anticipation for uh, what's going to be sure on, on my list coming up. <laughs> All
0: right, so uh, let's hear what you have uh, at number two. I'm assuming uh, that's what you just referenced. Yep, yeah, number two is Avengers Endgame. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so, sad. yeah, you're a, um, I, I think, you know, Obviously, the, the two movies aired basically one year after the other, so you're in Endgame over Infinity War, whereas I am definitely on the Infinity War better than Endgame camp. I get you. I think the emotional moments for Endgame
2: got me a little bit better. I mean, in, 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 the, in, the, in the, the fan payoffs. In, although it was a movie that seemed to take more of that over substance in some ways, I enjoyed that. You had Iron Man wielding Moneer, which was a great point. You had... Um, Pepper Pot's in that rescue armor, which is a comic book fan I also enjoyed, and they kinda gave a brief shout out to early in the movie. You had that final line where everyone's coming out and you had Falcon say on your left. Like those moments are what resonate with me the most. Literally that last half of the movie. The first half was okay. I think there was a lot more plot holes in that. Um uh Arrow or not Arrow, Hawkeye turning into Arrow, <laughs> Hawkeye turning into um Ronin felt rushed with a little motivation. Um,
0: especially for a hero who you would think has undergone loss already. Agreed. Uh, it just seemed a little a little rushed for me. Yeah. So that that was something I couldn't live down, even though
2: I did like that scene. And also, uh, this little shot, the guy that he was fighting uh in that in that uh that not rooftop scene but that sword
0: scene also fought Wolverine in the Wolverine. Oh, okay. The Wolverine. I think yeah, was, that's not that's not a movie. That's not a movie I've thought about for a, a solid ten years at
2: least. Oh yeah, no, no. I've, it was weird for me because it's, 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 I call I call the Fox Marvel movies more Marvel adjacent. It was hilarious <laughs> to me because it was like, oh yeah, I recognize him from somewhere. I'm looking like, of course, another Marvel adjacent movie. It just to me, it was it was a little shout out, funny thing that I liked. But um, yeah, the first half of it was different. Um i didn't like the way they dealt with the death of natasha i didn't like the way that scene kind of came about with natasha and hawkeye and if so who i thought would be gone and whatnot but apparently it was just kind of shitty territory where it's like oh well hawkeye has a family so he's more to live for and it was just it was moments of that that weren't too didn't sit right with me um but at the same time that last hour i I could watch it hour again and again and again and feel just fine with it and, and really enjoy it um even down to Iron Man's death which was a tearjerker it really I mean I'm, I'm past the tears obviously now after the first like three viewings, I was like oh wow this is deep but all of that it was it was it was crazy it was um it, it, it was what resonated with me the most it was what has it where it
0: Captain America wielding Thor's hammer was is, is maybe one of the hypest moments in, in film history it's <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, again going back to um, maybe uh, my my defense as to why I like Infinity War more is you know you talk about the last hour and some of those action scenes I think the action scene that's maybe my favorite of the whole MCU is the scene in Infinity War where they're trying to remove the gauntlet from Thanos and uh, you have Dr. Strange up there doing all of his magic. And that's the first moment where you're like, holy hell, Dr. Strange is a badass. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, he, he's sending people through. And, like, uh, you know, one guy's got uh, Thanos in a chokehold. And and uh, you've got Star-Lord trying to take off the gauntlet. But then you have the whole thing with Thanos killing Star-Lord's, uh, you know, um, girlfriend. So... Uh, that that whole sequence uh, is one of my favorite action sequences of the whole MCU. Yeah, the emotional resonance of
2: that scene, you're right. Like, the stretch on all of them and how tenuous that moment was. Like, we are almost there Keep
0: it together and knowing that he wouldn't. Exactly. Uh, and, and, yeah, the, the buildup of Star-Lord's character for you to know how he was going to react, I think, was great. Um, but, yeah, uh, obviously I, I loved both of them. I think, uh, again, you know, if you ask me... Um, I think both of those movies did a, a brilliant job of bringing this whole uh, this whole series to a, to a conclusion. But uh, let's move on to, to my number two. And uh, again, I mentioned I had it a lot higher than you, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, yeah,
2: let's, let's get into that one. That is, um, <laughs> wow. Like you said, you enjoy that movie and
0: we kind of get some good points over it. But number two, that's impressive. Yeah, so unlike Volume Two, I think the the humor in Guardians of the Galaxy One is consistently, you know, good throughout. Uh, there, there's not any, you know, big time lulls. I think it's it's really funny, and you know, you've got you've got that whole emotional opening sequence with uh, you know Star Lord and his mother, and. You know, you, you can't talk about Guardians of the Galaxy without talking about its terrific soundtrack, and not only the the great music selections, but how it also resonates with the the emotion and the heart of the story. With you know, his mother making him uh, Star Lord a CD when he was young before she died. Uh, so so yeah, to me those those elements are great. And again, it's it's one of those where uh, it's it's a team up movie that um, you know even. Uh, even though it, uh, I believe it came out after. Was it after this uh, uh, the second Avengers movie, or was it before? Avengers: Age awesome was twenty fifteen, and then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fourteen. So just before. Oh, okay. So it so we, before. yeah. So we had we had the the first Avengers beforehand, but this you know still these like team up movies we hadn't gotten a lot of those yet. And uh, the the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, did such a great job of. You know, you've got all of these different characters. They all bring something different to the table in terms of the humor, in terms of, like, executing their schemes. I think that that team-up really works incredibly well. And, and and the whole cast is great. You know, Dave Batista is excellent. Uh, you know, you've got Bradley Cooper as, uh, you know, Rocket. Uh, so, yeah, I think the whole cast is excellent. And, and it's, it's one of the funnier movies, uh, along with Thor Ragnarok, in the entire MCU. Yeah, you have to agree. It, it
2: definitely did. And like you said earlier, that heart as well it has to be taken uh, into a.
0: Yeah, so I figure that we've got the same number one, but uh, let me hear what you've got in that slide. All right, number
2: one for me. Okay, now, I hope we have the same number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous, throwing up the identification
0: here. Um, I have Civil War, Captain America Civil War. We do not have the same number one. No Okay, so wait, let me tell you my honorable mention that was so so close to we'll put the time. Winter soldier. That is my number one.
2: Okay. Now, let me tell you why I, I...
0: So again, when you talk about uh, when you talk about really solid villains, it doesn't get much better than having Robert Redford, uh, one of the greatest actors of all time, as the the villain of the story. Uh, when you talk about um, you know as as much as uh, as much as I liked the the original Captain America movie, again because of the way that movie was was paced, you know the first third he's not even captain america as we know him he's steve rogers skinny short steve rogers um and uh you know the really it's not until the final third of the movie that you even get to see him do anything athletic um so winter soldier was really for me from the opening sequence with uh you know that opening action scene where he's running on the ship, and you see him sprinting, and you're like, "Damn, this guy's fast." Uh, and you know, he's telling uh, he's telling his friend on your left as he's sprinting past him over and over again. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it sets this tone that like, oh, wow, like Captain America is awesome uh, and and you talk about, you know, epic action sequences throughout the entire MCU. I, I can't think of too many that are better than that elevator scene and also the scene with, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson in the car. Um, the the movie had excellent action sequences. It developed that Captain America character to be kind of the leader of the pack. Uh, and, and again, yeah, it had a terrific villain and a terrific storyline. So to me, um, you know... Honestly, I put Captain America Winter Soldier in a tier on its own above everything else. To me, this is the only movie that would even approach being A-grade territory. Oh, wow.
2: I, mean, you had, I liked it for the fact that it was a great spy movie. You know what I mean? In the sense that it wasn't... And when I say spy, I mean, it, wasn't your tradi- it was actually kind of a mystery. It wasn't your traditional um, uh, Marvel movie in that way. It was like, say, so, okay, we can take the Marvel method the Marvel movies and put it out in different you know you have comedy you have straight up action you have something with more suspense and you're right Robert Redford did a great job you had scenes you just mentioned that I'm visually like picturing my head you had the great uh, elevator scene you had the command battle with the Winter Soldier the great reveal that
0: amazing fight choreography when they had their first fight in the street yes
2: Um, oh my gosh you're right right. you might have told me on that I was so sorry (laughs) I put Civil War just because it was like I think, for one, the acting of Robert Downey Jr. and um, Chris Evans, just in vacuum, sold it to me. You yeah. have this emoji. I felt like it was really tying up loose ends from um, Captain America Winter Soldier. And it was even less of a Captain America movie than an Avengers movie, just with all of the heroes and, and villains that I had kind of in there. But what and that really sold me for it was that line from Helmut Seymour, it basically went in the movie and said, an enemy toppled by its enemies can rise again. But one was almost from within is dead forever. Like that to me showed like in my mind, the movie, Captain America: Civil War, enemies to themselves. what made the Avengers look so vulnerable and come up, you know, in this line of of. I mean, they had like a light, a, a slight glimmer of hope at the end, but they were left kind of unease, Was themselves and, and and turning each other, turning them against each other. Lack of trust. That little crack in. The foundation of the Avengers, an institution that slowly turned into like a, a, a widening uh, fissure that was going up and down, that ultimately led to this, this 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 chasm that culminated in that airport scene, which was had its funny moments. I mean, I liked the inclusion of Spider-Man. Was a fun seeing you had the inclusion of a new character. The way that they put him in, in the midst of this narrative, was cool to me. But also, the levity in it. You know, you had the whole old movie where he basically um referenced Empire Strikes Back, which I thought was straight up hilarious. Um, and then you have these spots where, um, ultimately I think the acting, like I mentioned from the beginning, with, uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. really set the tone for this film. And and. I don't know, I think it really showed the the, the deterioration of this once-proud um, foundation and how it crumbled really from within. The action scenes I thought were cool. Um, there was a couple of moments that were kind of dry. Like I said, I liked that, that airport scene best of all, but looking back on it, yeah, maybe some of the motivations for each individual character were either rushed by or weren't fully developed enough,
0: enough to understand why they were equal e- opposite sides of the conflict if you will but yeah.
2: especially that last scene between Iron Man Captain America and Bucky that lasts like 35-40 minutes Black Panther coming in stopping Zemo all of that finding out that Zemo was talking to his family his family was never really there that to me was a great finish I, I think maybe there could have been some more humor especially being that it was directed by the Russo brothers and they've had this foundation of humor in the other Marvel movies already and you know their background in general but I enjoyed that last hour for me. This is one of those movies where I think The Fish was another one that was just so solid that it kind of over and that that paid those for the characters in a way that Civil War, kind not Civil War, Big Soldier kind of did, most definitely. But I just look back to where he's like, oh, I was your friend. And Iron
0: Man's like, oh, I thought I was too. And that line was like, wow, you know? Yeah, um, I, uh, you know, I, I really like... Civil War again, I think it would be right it was right outside my top 10. I think it's so funny that uh, both of our number ones were not on the others top 10. but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree the airport sequence is absolutely terrific. And I guess my biggest issue would be, yes that the the villain was able to successfully, you know crack a hole in that foundation as you stated. But I guess it, it all kind of fell apart to me because I'm like, okay, well, what's the villain's motivations for doing this? I don't feel like the movie did a great job of showcasing that. Um, and and maybe, I'll, maybe I'll need to rewatch that, and, and maybe that would, would be more clear on, a, on another viewing. But uh, that, was, that was my big issue. But absolutely, that airplane se- sequence was hilarious. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I thought Ant-Man stole the show in that, uh, in that scene. I totally agree with you. Like, that whole inclusion was
2: amazing. Even when he was geeking out at Captain America. Oh, my God, Captain America. I'm so like, it was. He was funny. He was funny. He the scene in the airport where he was taking... It, it was... Ant-Man, I mean, all in most of his movies, I wasn't a big fan of Ant-Man the Wasp too much. Um, But in general,
0: you just can't go wrong with Paul Rudd, and you can't go wrong with Ant-Man. Yeah, he is, uh, Paul Rudd is incredibly charming, but, uh, yeah, this was, this was a really fun exercise, and it was interesting that we had such a, uh, divergence right at the very end, uh, but, uh, you know, um, I, uh, I, I thought it was a real fun exercise, and, and hopefully all of you listening, uh, enjoyed it, and, and, uh, I guess we didn't, we didn't state at the beginning that this was gonna be spoiler-filled, but I'll definitely have to post that on the label of the episode, because uh, we definitely got into spoilers in this discussion. As Thanos said, it was inevitable. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Corbin, uh, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and, and taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, Garrett,
2: as always. This is fun. I like this little brief aside. We've got to do some more of these once in a while. Uh, just see how different it is. But bouncing
0: this off of you, man, great, great fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Dunkin' Dynasty. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can uh, you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. If you can leave a, uh, a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, the show is also now on Spotify. Uh, if you can uh, give the show a follow, again a rating on there, uh, that uh, that really helps a lot. If uh, if you've got any uh, questions or comments or uh, or ideas for uh, for future episodes, uh, you can contact me. Uh, On Twitter at Garrett Bougay, and also uh, my email is g-bougay at onu.edu. So uh, feel free to uh, to uh, give me any of your uh, ideas. I I love to hear from uh, from the people listening to the program. And uh, enjoy the next week of the NBA calendar. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Leftovers or.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.